nervous? <laughs> no. Where's your answer? Dennis Beckham, let the ball out! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Oh! oh, no! Oh, yes! He missed it! Welcome to the Suffering from Joy podcast. Women's World Cup edition. And just as a little brief programming note, um, for a variety of reasons, we're going to call it the World Cup because I don't want to say Women's World Cup a bunch of times. There's the only World Cup going on, so you guys know what I mean. Um, we got a couple of special guests today. We're joined back in studio, back-to-back. Riley, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Uh, we have Philip the Corgi, and we have first-time guest, Gina Gatto. Gina, how are you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling good, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling good right now. Looking forward to Sunday. <laughs> okay, yeah. You're going to get up nice and early and get some coffee or uh, whatever your routine is, and we'll uh, hopefully have a little more enjoyable of a game than we did against Portugal. Um, I believe we're also joined by your cat, Tim Riggins. Yes, he is He is here. Uh, he will be meowing and putting in his two cents when he can. So, Good. Um, yeah. Right. We're very open to uh, pet influence here. <laughs> so just kind of lay this out for everyone. We're going to do sort of like a, the World Cup group stage is over, and we're going to kind of move into the knockout rounds where it gets a little more interesting. And so we're going to kind of do like a little bit of a World Cup so far discussion, who's been good, who hasn't, what goals have been amazing, sort of some general themes. And we'll go a little more like U.S. side, um, because I think that's mostly what um, people who are listening to this are going to want to hear. Um, So I guess, Gina, do you want to lead us off? Um, How's the World Cup been so far for you, especially the like weird kickoff times? And have you been getting up early or anything like that? So I have, I'm sorry to report that I I feel like I've been doing pitifully with getting up early Um, other than for the U S game. This just unfortunately wasn't the week for it. It's, it's been a bit of a week here in um, Austin, you know, soccer uh, world. Um, I think everyone understands. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it was a, it was, there was a full moon and a lot of things happened and um yeah, but I've been trying to catch up um, where I can and, you know, catch. I mean, there's just been there's just been some shocking results uh, in this first in this group stage, which I love to see for the Women's World Cup. You know, we've got the expanded field this year with 32 teams and there's just been some chaos, which is phenomenal. Oh, you know, <laughs> we love chaos here. Yeah, um, yeah there was a bunch of like. Before the tournament, people, like, concerned that there were going to be a bunch more, like, you know, 12-0 in the group stage and stuff like that. And, like, the actual opposites happened. We've had, like, huge teams like Germany and Brazil go out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been wild. It's been chaos, but in a good way. You've had some kind of unexpected teams coming through, you know, specifically your Morocco's. Um, Riley, what have you been thinking so far? Is this a good World Cup for you? Uh, so far, it's been interesting. There's definitely been a couple of blowouts, but... Sweden, USA, Canada, whatever. Um, but a lot of the kind of like second tier, your England, your Holland, uh, your Spain, those sorts of teams have put it up a level. And then you've had um, a lot of the developing countries uh, in the women's game side. Uh, you know, Jamaica has been great. 
Uh, Columbia has obviously, at least for me, been the story of the tournament. Um, Gina, are you seeing the same thing with like uh, just the overall level of play seems to have gone up like exponentially? Yeah, I mean, that, that's been one of the most interesting things to watch and really absorb because I feel like other than World Cup time, I don't get a whole lot of chances to see the rest of the world in action. Um, and it's just, you know, this is, this is every World Cup on the women's side gets better than the last one. And, um, and this, is, this is going to be really interesting to see how this plays out because – I think I think some of the shocking results are going to kind of continue on, especially looking at some of these round of 16 matchups. But I know that's getting a bit ahead of things. <laughs> oh, I mean, we're uh, more than happy to jump into them, but I'll let uh, Riley take a, a ping here first. Uh, I mean, have the upsets been your favorite part so far? Upsets definitely keep it more interesting. I'm very glad that the U.S. women were able to pull through, despite desperately trying to allow for some upset here. Yeah, I mean, they did their best, and we'll kind of, we'll tuck into that towards the second half of the show, but um, I mean, I'll go ahead and pull out some names here. Um, you know, we have Switzerland, Spain, Japan, Norway, Holland, South Africa, Sweden, U.S., and kind of the top half of the bracket. Um, not a ton of surprising names in there versus the bottom half, but um, do you think South Africa can possibly pull an upset against their former colonizers, Gina? I mean, I'm here for it. You know, whenever whenever we play the Dutch, I, I can't help but think of, you know, that classic um, Austin Powers line. You know, there's two things in this <laughs> world I hate. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. So, I mean, yeah, South Africa upsetting the Netherlands would be uh a-okay in my book i also i mean south africa they're just rocking the suit game in this world cup and the dancing oh, yeah. i mean it's off the charts i want to see those vibes carry on through this world cup as long as they can <laughs> yeah i think we'd all be pretty happy with that i mean it's like a so i'm not you know one of those people that watches like every single um uefa champions league game on the women's side like i'm a pretty big arsenal fan i know most of the players and like kind of from there you see more and more players. So kind of like Holland's been a little easier for me to root for this time mm -hmm. without Vivian Miedema there and uh, Danielle Vandedonk obviously not helping her cause at all um, with the whole Lindsay's foreign thing. <laughs> um, but she's no longer an Arsenal player. So, I mean, I think that one's going to be interesting. Um, but I guess, you know, was there anybody in that kind of top half that's looked really good to you? Riley, like for me, it's kind of Japan, Norway. One of those two is going to smack some people around. Is there anybody looking good for you? Uh, I think the Japanese team's been playing really well in this World Cup. Just like as a cohesive unit? As, as a cohesive unit, they've been good in years previous, but it seems like they've definitely stepped up for this particular World Cup. Yeah, I think so. Gina, anything to add there? Yeah, I agree. Japan is like has come into this world cup at another level and they just seem to be slicing through the competition. Um, as a, as a, you know, longstanding U S women's national team fan, I'm not going to be upset to see Norway go down. We've got some, some beef in the past, you know, so I'm, I'm all for Japan taking them, taking them down. <laughs> yeah. 
they pulled off a shutout in every one of their group stage matches. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, in Spain, did this thing that like it's both men's and women's side where they'll just walk a couple teams in the group stage and score a billion goals and then just disappear. Uh, they typically do that on the men's side, at least in the like the round of sixteen or the quarterfinals. And I mean, they're aggregating their first two games with eight nothing over Costa Rica and Zambia, but they got destroyed by Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, are we thinking is Japan is sort of the you know we all kind of agree they're sort of the favorite in this quadrant? Are we putting too much pressure on them, or um, Riley, what do you think? Is this going to be like just another chaos set of results, or do you think uh, Japan's going to hold it together? I think they can hold it together, but me thinking that they can do that means it's probably going to be absolute chaos. Roll the dice, Gina. Anything you want to add there? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I feel like they can do it, but it—I don't know. We're in—we're in the round of sixteen now. Anything could happen. It could get dicey. Um, but yeah, my gut says Japan's going to keep rolling for a bit. Yeah, I mean they look pretty impressive and it doesn't look like anything's going to slow them down um moving into the the bottom half of the bracket got a couple more uh colonizer games uh england against nigeria and france against morocco which we got in the the men's side too um neither of these are actually my favorite matchup coming out that's going to be colombia jamaica because i love both of those teams advancing and Mm -hmm. uh we're going to get to see at least one of the quarterfinals uh so i'm excited about it but um to me, there's more like good slash great teams in this side: England, Nigeria, Australia, Denmark, Colombia, Jamaica, France, Morocco. Um, you know, it's possible this could be a lot more like they kind of beat the crap out of each other, and then Japan just sweeps up the results or whoever. Um, I mean, Riley, do you think we have sort of like a, a non-traditional power, maybe like a Colombia or a, a Nigeria coming out of here? I could see Colombia coming out, but England's been pretty good. So I'm not sure if they're going to be able to, I'm not sure if Nigeria is going to be able to get past England. Yeah, I talk a lot of smack about England. I watched them the other day against China, and it was just utter destruction. And I went, oh, this can't be good. Um, Gina, how are you feeling? Yeah, just watching what England has been doing and just the trajectory that they have been on um, since, you know, I mean, since the 2019 World Cup, they have been coming, you know, coming into like a really strong period for that team. Uh, Please excuse the automatic litter robot that is doing a rotation right now, if you can hear (laughs) that. Got to do what you got to do. I mean, Lauren James has been activated. Her goals against China were absolutely bangers. And, I mean, if that just keeps rolling like it is, I think England's going to go really far in this tournament. Um, And I'm not mad at it. (laughs) No, I mean, like, there's a certain level of, like, hey, you guys are just, you know, they're not, like, bunkering in and just kind of playing this, like, stodgy, boring game that like the England men's side play they, they're playing with some swagger they're uh they're moving around and scoring some great goals so I think there's a little bit of a neutral like ah, yeah that'd be fine if you guys are gonna keep you know scoring four or five fantastic goals a game. <laughs> um but I do want to talk a little bit about kind of some of the upsets that might come um Colombia did great in the group stage uh beat Germany 
and Germany and the women's side, for you who don't know, is like Germany on the men's side. Uh, they are just like ruthless, sheer force of will. We will beat you in some way, shape, or form. Uh, they went out. Only downside there really is one of the better players in the tournament, Alexander Pop's gone. But that does mean we get uh, Linda Caicedo, who uh, has scored in three World Cups this year. And some of you are going, Devin, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, she played in two Youth World Cups before this one, uh, this year so far. And she, uh, there's been some messy comparisons, and I can see them. Uh, Riley, we watched this kind of like swagger, shake your hips, beta defender, one touch, and then pop it into the corner goal that she scored against Germany earlier and uh, have you seen a World Cup goal on the women's side like that before? I know. Like I have a an almost ethereal like unreal respect for the way Vivian Mitova scores goals and I looked at that and went oh okay we're coming we've come a long way. Um, so I'm excited to see them. Um, France maybe a little early in their uh the cycle on their side because they're uh, hosting the Olympics. and That's a lot bigger. Um, but I'd like to see them go far. Uh, they had probably the best uh, Women's World Cup build-up commercial. Um, Gina, any thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, Colombia, like just watching that Colombia-Germany game, and you're right, Linda Caicedo, that goal, I mean, that's the goal of the tournament so far for me. It was just filthy. Like when you're watching it in slow motion, she's just like, staring down the defender's feet she's like oh i got you and she just i mean it was it was a thing of beauty if you haven't seen that goal and you're listening go back and watch it yeah uh, there's a point it. where she almost like puts her hand out like a come and get me to the defender and the defender does it and she's like gotcha bye <laughs> yes it was yeah it was so good um and I mean, the second goal in that game too that was just that was a phenomenal game and for Colombia to beat someone like germany you know, and start start the route home for them out of this tournament. Um, you know, I I could see them if they get past Jamaica. I could see them upsetting England if England pulls through. You know, like that they're kind of one of those teams where it's like anything's possible. Yeah, um, Riley France put a beating on Panama or a native French speaker. Uh, did they have what it takes to keep going? Do you think they're going to fizzle out? Is it kind of a too much talent, not enough team. What are you thinking? I think they're missing one essential element of French soccer, which unfortunately they are not able to have. Is that Valentina well? I was going to say Olivia Giroux. Okay, well, that's close. Um, this podcast has a strong stance of appreciation for Giroux. I, I agree with you that it they have some very solid players, but they are not quite as cohesive as some of the other teams that are joining them in this round of 16. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting how we um, – tournaments always change after the group stage and then the knockouts, and teams are playing almost like a different style of game. So I think it's going to be fun to kind of review these after we see the kind of switch in style. But, um, you know, we have all these matchups. We kind of went through them a little bit. But, uh, Gina, is there anyone you're looking forward to more than any other? Um, I just wanted to jump in and say real quick as the resident lesbian on this podcast, uh, France got a lot of good looking players, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) I'll just throw that out there. Um, I just like, I am, 
another thing that I'm loving is like this year of World Cups for Morocco. Like, look Absolutely. at Morocco. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know if they upset France, but like, it's just cool to see them uh, getting out of the group stage and having like as a country in, you know, two World Cups in less than a year, uh, this, those kind of runs. Um, yeah, but just, I don't know, like, what am I, what was, what am I most excited for? Um, I don't know, those games where you just don't know what's going to happen, like Colombia, Jamaica, Australia. I mean, we haven't talked about Australia yet. You know, they're the they're one of the two host countries that's still still in it. Um, you know, is and they did it without Sam Kerr. So I was going to say I've been avoiding Australia because I have no idea if Sam Kerr's going to play. And that sort of colors every sort of uh, um, opinion I would have about them going forward. Yeah, I mean, they've been doing it without her so far. I mean, they almost, they were on, you know, teetering on the edge, but they're still in it. So, and I don't know, I don't know the latest. She hasn't called me, but, um, you know, I, I expect we would see her in the next, in the next match. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's on the other side of the world. I'm sure the text is coming soon. <laughs> uh, I guess, can I ask you sort of a, a little bit of a probing question as the uh, resident lesbian on this podcast, as I'm mm-hmm. going to continue to refer to you for time immemorial. Sure, sure. Um, is, it, uh, is it interesting to see like countries like Morocco that are maybe, let's say, not exactly super friendly towards the LGBTQ community doing well, uh, or women's rights in general doing well um, in, in this World Cup? Wow, that's a... That's a heavy one. Um, I mean, yeah, they're, you know, their, their women's team is out there doing it. And I, I respect that. I, yeah, I don't know if I have a lot more to say about it, but okay, yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. fine. Um, I just, uh, just occurred to me that um, uh, obviously like um, it's a little more prevalent in the women's side of the game than the men's side of the game. Like, you know, you, you have your, I'm sure there are plenty of like, male players they're just not out about it it's much more yeah. of the game so um it's a little more i know there was a big protest about like having saudi arabia sponsor mm-hmm. part of the world cup and a bunch of the women were like no we can't i'm not wearing a country that would like fucking kill me if i went there on my jersey this is ridiculous fuck you guys <laughs> yeah i that type of thing is is truly wild and even i mean thinking of I don't know. I guess I have a lot of feelings about hosting what, what countries host World Cups and this this World Cup can host. I mean, this country can host a men's World Cup, but they would never host a women's World Cup, you know, and that. That seems problematic to me. And here we are again in another World Cup and, you know, the the rainbow armbands are banned um, in the They're women's. Not they just provided alternatives, right? Provided alternatives. <laughs> um I mean, yeah, on the women's side, you do have a lot more players who are, or any players, I guess, maybe, who are publicly out um, and known and all of that. So, um, yeah, it's just a lot more open and fluid and out there on the women's side of the game. And I don't know, I I hope that the men's side can get there someday. Um, But, you know, this is just another area where women have to lead, I guess. (laughs) Kind of a kind of a tag on. I was talking to a, an acquaintance who doesn't 
really watched soccer and he was asking me why the women's world cup and the men's world cup were being held in separate countries and i explained okay they're kind of on different cycles but also there is no way on earth that women's soccer would be played world cup level in qatar not only is it the fashion decisions but also there are so many players that are out there are players on opposing teams who have dated i not riley what if they stop playing and make out mid-match it's a serious concern right they broke up (laughs) they broke up it was a big news story in the coverage that they didn't shake hands because they broke up and she went to a pizza with the rest of her Arsenal team. Yeah, we're going to talk about that um, when we get to <laughs> some of the goals of the tournament here so far. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it's just if we did all of the reasons I hated why Qatar was hosting the uh, the Men's World Cup, <laughs> we would be at 100 episodes by now when we're in the mid 30s. So um, <laughs> that was one of them that I thought, you know, like, hey, we're trying to have like a lighthearted, actual like football sided discussion. But I don't think we can can gloss over things like that or like Holland who's like a major team like had all these assurances that they were going to get this great training pitch and then they just sort of dropped him in the middle of a cricket pitch and I mean you know you can say okay well it's grass and it's still nice and you can still play on it but these are high level athletes and I don't know if you guys who set this training thing up know but like a soccer pitch is a rectangle and a cricket pitch is a fucking oval. The cricket pitch is in the middle of the soccer pitch the problem is that the dirt on the cricket pitch is significantly harder. So there's a surface texture change as they're practicing. They were assured back in February it was going to be fixed, and it's August. And here we are. Well, I guess at least it's winter there. But we got off track as we do here. <laughs> uh, I asked you a question that I already forgot what it was. Um, oh, it was about... Uh, you know, which game you're most excited to see, excluding Sweden, U.S.? Ooh. Um, I guess it's... Gosh, I think it's... It might be Netherlands, South Africa. Yeah. I think that is one of the bigger ones that has a chance to go a little, go a little wild. And that's not just because it's the only one at a reasonable hour... <laughs> no, I would never. I would never. <laughs> okay. uh, Riley, any uh, big choices for you? Mm, I think I'm definitely going to keep an eye on the England game and, of course, Colombia and Jamaica. Going to see if we can get multiple CONCACAF teams to advance here. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, get Jamaica through. And I mean, I think for me, like that was a big one just because I'm, you know, a maximal chaos agent. I think that's the one that could easily go off the rails in the first five to 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> and so I'm hoping that, but I mean, like quality wise, like Japan, Norway is hard to pass up. Um, that could easily be like a semifinal most years. So uh, anytime you get those games early, uh, I think, it, and especially because it's earlier in the uh, round of 16, uh, I think it'll set the tone for, for how this is going to go. Um, but yeah, I want to kind of wrap up here about sort of the general themes that we've been talking about, kind of talk about goals of the tournament so far. Um, we talked about the Linda Caicedo one, 
Uh, Riley, any other absolute bangers you want to talk about? Uh, the one I bring up is probably one we're going to cover later, but I do appreciate Lindsay Horan's little rage header during the Netherlands game. Yeah, just the, the fuck you header. Yeah, see, I know we're teammates, but I'm still mad. Yeah, I always like those. Uh, I'll see you at practice in a month, but fuck you for now. I always love those goals. Um, Gina, anyone for you that you want to highlight? Um, yeah, I kind of mentioned it before a little bit, but Lauren James for England, her, I think she scored the third and fourth goal against China and they were just, they were just both beautiful. Also, um, the France Brazil match first double header goal from France was, was a thing of beauty. And also, um, oh my gosh, Dabinia's, Dabinia's Mm -hmm. goal, uh, that was that was, I mean, I don't know which one I liked more. And I, yeah, I don't really think I need to decide. No, um, that's the fun <laughs> part. You can, you can pick all of them. Yeah, I picked uh, both. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the, it was the Davinia one, the one where they like pinged it around the entire box and then there's like a back heel, uh, set it up and then it's just like a pass into the net. I, uh, well, Brazil. she brought it down like off her thigh and kind yeah. of, I think it was, yeah, like down off her thigh and just kind of and just rolls low. it back. Yeah. 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 Low that was volley. fantastic. I think like team goal, that's my favorite so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was I mean, Brazil being Brazil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, on the men's side, they've kind of abandoned that a little bit. And I guess while we're here too, like shout out to Marta. Absolute yes. fucking legend. Sixth World Cup. Uh yes. didn't get on the score sheet, but you know, she was still yeah. playing great. Still, most goals of any player in World Cup. Yeah. In World Cup history. Yeah. Um, watch some highlights. Um, she's ahead of her time. <laughs> we'll just put it that way. <laughs> um, I think for me, like, I got to go with my absolute heart throb, Katie McCabe. Scoring direct off a corner, Ireland's first ever goal at the World Cup. And, like, they don't have a whole lot of scores. And she was just like, nope, fuck you, going to score a goal, don't care. <laughs> um, like, I don't care, we're putting this ball in the back of the net some way, but score direct off uh, an Olympico off the corner, here we go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, we uh, we were kind of talking before we jumped on the air and all of us watched the uh, compilation of goals. And we were kind of watching these, just like, holy shit, what are your <laughs> amazing goals? <laughs> I definitely a hype video for women's soccer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And especially with, like, the backdrop of, like, oh, there's too many teams, there's going to be a bunch of beatings. Like, there have been a couple, like, Germany beat Morocco 6 nothing, and then got knocked out of the tournament, um, <laughs> like, a week later. So uh, any any amount of chaos, I'm a big fan of. Um, anything you guys want to touch on before we move into the U.S. more depressing section of this? All right. Yeah. Well, I... I would like to say RIP to my Italians, you know, the game is coming along there, but we're just not there yet. So. Yeah. I mean, they, they play decent, but yeah. 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 Maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe next time. At least they qualified in like a men's team. Yeah. At least they're qualifying and they look, Hey, they look great in those Versace suits. So they, they do. That's true. Yeah. And like you said, women got to take the lead again. So. That's right. That's right. Take note to Georgie Neal. Um, okay, so past two World Cup winners, U.S. team, 2015, like, 
U.S. kind of gets through the group stage, and then Carly Lloyd basically goes supernova the rest of the tournament and just scores at will. Um, you know, 2019 is a little more of like kind of a solid, like we're the best team and we're going to show it to you kind of showing. Uh, U.S. hasn't looked good so far, even against kind of, you know, not exactly the like, I think it was 12 nil we beat Thailand a couple of years ago. Um, struggled a bit against Vietnam. Um, very much a struggle. Riley mentioned the fuck you header against um, Holland and barely pulled it off against Portugal. I think we're going to come to that one a little more in depth, but um, Riley, are you worried? I am definitely worried. Is it because you're Swedish? Well, yes, but also. <laughs> I, I hate to say, but I think either the rest of the world has really caught up with the U.S. women's team or the U.S. women's team has not put together the most comprehensive or cohesive team. It seems like we have a lot of up-and-comers. Shout out to Sophia. Shout out to, is it Naomi? Irma, yeah. Irma. But we do also have a bunch of veterans and I kind of wonder if there's some sort of gap in there that isn't letting them kind of play to their best advantage. It's sort of like cotton transition or something? Yeah. For, I appreciate wanting to give some of the older players like a last World Cup as a send-off, but it's definitely a team in flux. Yeah. Gina, what are your thoughts? <laughs> All right. Get ready, because I've got a lot of thoughts on this. Um, Could I go, like, make another drink or, like... <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Buckle up, everyone. Here are Gina's thoughts on... I mean, for all for all of the talk about uh, Vlatko coming into this team and having all these hard decisions to make and the pool and the talent being, you know, as wide ranging as it was when you look after, you know, the 2019 World Cup and then the Olympics, which will not be spoken of. Um, he, I almost feel like he did not have to make many decisions tough decisions on this roster because of all the injuries. Um, it certainly I made it easier. Let me list off the injuries that we have, right? Kat Mercario, Sam Mewis, Tobin Heath, Kristen Press, Abby Dahlkemper, uh, Becky Sauerbrunn, um, Mal Yeah, Mal Swanson. I mean, it's just, uh, Tierna Davidson, all of these people who would have been, you know, you've got your like kind of mid-range senior players like Press and Heath. Um, and then you've got like a Sam Mewis kind of below that. Mal Pugh is Mal Swanson. Sorry, I'm still not used to the name change. But I mean, that was, you know, that injury right in front of us in Austin was completely gutting. Um, and yet there is so much talent that is on this roster and I don't think he knows what he's doing with it or does not know what to do with it. <laughs> I don't think it needs to be this bad. Um, I guess I'll stop there for now. For now. Good. I'm <laughs> no. glad you added it for now. Um, I mean, it's pretty obvious, at least, like, group stage-wise, we are three inches away from being out of this tournament. He doesn't know mm-hmm. what he's doing. Um. 
but I mean, maybe there's a little bit of hope that it's like I was just kind of saving everything and we'll turn it on in the in the knockout stage. But um, we also have Rosa Bell suspended with yellow card accumulation. Yeah, and I mean, we mentioned Sam Mewis being out. Like, we're dead in midfield right now. Um, some problems. Some problems. Yeah. Go I also Go ahead. Yeah, I also see, like, we didn't get some players' minutes in the group stage that feels like an oversight at this point. You know, like, not getting Alana Cook, your only other natural center back, some minutes in the group stage. Like, I don't know. Do we just not trust her at all? Because Ertz is holding it down back there, and Gurma is... You know, she's she's playing really well, but I mean, I'd love to see Ertz get out of get out of the back. I'd love to see her back at the six. And I don't know how you bring Alana Cook in, throw her in in her first World Cup to a knockout round game. I mean, even like give her 20 minutes against Vietnam after we've already yeah, scored two goals, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean I I just don't I don't see that's just poor poor tournament management is is what I'm seeing here in yeah. all my wisdom. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna go ahead and try to analogize because I think there's some people who are like, oh, this is my first women's World Cup, and um, you know I've watched the men or like I've watched a few games here and there and friendlies and whatever. Uh, the best way I can describe Blacko's management style, uh, I saw one of those classic. Uh, the office memes um, where they're asking uh, Jenna Fisher to find the difference between the two pictures and she just says uh, they're the same picture. Uh, that's Blackco and Greg Berhalter. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Um, yeah. Fair or unfair? Um, solid meme. Uh, we'll get our ace social media person to, to put that one out. Um, <laughs> it's Riley. She's right here. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh but, I mean, like, it's not just the coaching and the style. Like, they kind of feel like they're not friends or they don't want to be in the same field together. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like, Riley, we were talking about the angry arms in the last podcast. But, like, are you getting kind of the same vibe here? There's definitely a disharmonious, disharmonious aspect to it. Disharmoniousness? <laughs> I don't know. There's definitely an intangible missing there's some sort of lack of connection or lack of understanding between the players as to what they are supposed to be doing and how they are supposed to be doing that yeah and like sorry our uh philip the official corgi of uh, the suffering and joy podcast is aggressively being, rolling upside down he's being a ridiculous little thing <laughs> um much in the way that uh, our forward line has been passing the ball between each other. Okay. Uh, we all get where I was going with that. <laughs> so I'm not going to complete the analogy. But um, even kind of like stalwart players in the past, I, I think uh, Lindsey Horan's been good. Uh, we mentioned the center backs have been good. I mean, Rose is kind of even a little off. I know she's coming off an injury. But, uh, you know, Alex Morgan's been kind of a fucking train wreck. Gina, any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, it's 
it's been a rough World Cup so far for Alex Morgan. I mean, so many other members of the team. I can't help but think if she had she had put that PK in um, against Vietnam. Am I remembering yeah. this? One? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. I don't I know if we're on, on a different trajectory, you know. Um, but yeah, haven't seen anything that's particularly inspiring from her end. Um, yeah, we and we all know how Carly Lloyd feels about it. <laughs> we all know too much about how Carly Lloyd feels about everything, unfortunately. I know I've said this in multiple discussions before, but she's still better than Alexi Lawless. Uh, at least on the game side, she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. There is that. <laughs> um, did I actually forgot about that penalty, and there was something I wanted to bring up, but um, I don't take notes before we do this because I'm not at all professional. Uh, Riley, how have you been liking the like um, referees come out and just say, okay, the decision is a penalty or whatever, instead of just um, making a motion after the VAR reviews. Is that helpful for you at all? Or is it just like, all right, well, you pointed, you know, you were going to point the announcer would have told me what was going on anyways. Um, I think it's helpful having the ref come out and say it. I, again, I'm sure we'll go over this at some point, but I did appreciate the Horan Vander Vandedonk. Vandedonk little ladies, let's talk this out moment. It was ridiculous. That would not have happened in a men's world cup, but it was very funny to watch the two of them be like, no, just go to VAR. We're not stopping. We're not going to do this little apologize thing. (laughs) You go, you review this and you see what happens. You're friends. You'd be nice to each other. We're not going to get this game started again. until you guys say, you know, say nice things to each other. Um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the the referee really pulled a, I'm pulling this car over and we're not going anywhere. Uh, um, uh, The, I kind of had forgotten about that. The referees announcing what the call is like, um, it felt very American football to me. And I was, (laughs) when I first saw it, I was like, what is happening? Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm okay with it i don't know why it's happening like that yeah it just it felt so nfl to me that i just my brain didn't know what to do with it yeah so people likes rolling out these new initiatives at world cups um so like the big one in the uh, men's world cup was the like actually using the amount of added time that people were like mm-hmm. a lot of bounds. so you had those like 11 13 minute um added ons each half and i think this is kind of their trial run on this one but, like, yeah. I, I'm kind of caught in two minds about it because I like them being like, oh, yeah, it was a penalty because it was a handball. But at the same time, they're not like, well, she shoved her over and, like, kicked her in the ribcage, so it's a red card. They just say, oh, the decision is a red card. So it's, like, kind of like a half-assed version of it. Um, it it's not like even the NFL one where they'll give you some, like, bullshit answer where it's like, well, Des Bryant took four steps, but we decided it wasn't, you know, theoretically – um, a football move with the motion of a catch or something like that. You don't get even like that level of explanation. So I think I like that they're trying. I just want them to do better. Yeah. Um, anyway, we took another uh, divergence there. Back to the U.S. Um, can we talk about the Portugal game? We got to talk about the Portugal game, don't we? We do. That's probably the worst game, competitive game I've seen the women's team play in 
a decade? That's been a while. Um, like we mentioned earlier, like nearly went out. Um, you know, we had a couple chances, but it's not like we were like taking it to Portugal and they had like a keeper standing on their head or anything. Um, Gina, how nervous were you? I, yeah, I was extremely nervous. It didn't, I mean, I guess the soccer goddesses must love us because that shot hitting the post in, I can't remember exactly, it was something like the 85th minute. I mean, it, my heart was in my throat. Like, it was, and it was just ugly. The rest of the match was ugly. Um, our subs didn't help very much. So I don't know if, you know, Blackco's not using subs. As, they were also not very well-timed. They were very late, except for Rapino, if memory serves on that one. But um, Yeah, there were two that came in in like the 95th minute or something, and like all of U.S. Twitter just went, fuck, he does actually know what subs are. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> 97th minute, yeah. Yeah. There's someone in the 80th, I feel like. Um, I'm not yeah, gonna... we, um, let's say we flipped out one of the, not one of the center backs. Uh, oh, did we take uh, Lindsay off? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, I, I just, uh, I guess I want to take a moment to talk about this two yellow card in a in the group stage rule. I understand. Go on one of your now trademark rants. Yeah, I understand this is a rule that exists, but is this the dumbest rule that that exists? Like, if you get two yellow cards in a match, that equals a red, and then you sit the next game. Like, two yellow cards over three games? I just, I'm not, I don't see how that should equal. And again, I get that this is a rule that has existed. I don't understand it. Maybe three in three matches, but two and three is. I, I don't, like think, three and I don't love it for Rose, and I don't love it for anyone else either. Well, and you saw on her face too when she got the one against Portugal, because like the Portuguese girl like shoved her, and then she was yeah. like, "Okay, well, I'm going to try to hit the deck and like not hurt anybody," and she got a fucking yellow card for it. Yeah, that was. I mean, that the ref in that game. We played a terrible game, and I did not appreciate the ref. She was pretty yellow card happy. Um, but like yeah. only in the second half of the match, it was so yeah. weird and so like incongruous. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so since I have to tie everything back to hockey, it's a rule of this podcast. Um, there was sort of like a what's known as the dead puck era in the NHL in the '90s, and basically what would happen is somebody would um, dump a puck in and literally like. The guy he was trying to skate around would just like grab and like haul him to the ground, and like because the rules at the time it was considered legal, and so it's known as like the clutch and grab defense or the clutch and grab era. And that's all I could think of watching that game. It's like we would push a ball past their player, and they had like three people just haul one of our players down. It's like okay, no, well, no yellow card or anything because you know we're trying this rotational fouling thing or something. But it was just ludicrous. Or like you get a fistful of shirt, but like you let it go at the right time, so it's not even a foul. Uh, and I mean, you know, like fair play to Portugal on that. If the rest not going to call it, keep doing what you're doing, right? Yeah. There were a lot of big shit-eating grins on on their faces after fouls that they were getting away with. I do remember that from my 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. haze of watching this game. <laughs> Brief sense of lucidity. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was a rough one at, at 2 a.m. too, because it was kind of like a really broken up and a stodgy game. But, I mean, we got the we got the job done, question mark, did we? Mm. Also, right. just seeing the Netherlands score rack up as the game was going on against Vietnam, I just, that hurt. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my thought was, like, once they got to, like, four or five, it was like, okay, just win our game and get through. We're not going to win the group. No pressure. And then, like, it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I don't know what the fuck Alyssa Nair was doing the entire second half where she's running around like a drunk Bambi on ice skates person type of thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, she looked like she forgot how to run or move or do anything. Like, she almost forgot the rules of the game. I don't know if that's a pressure thing or what, but, like, that was concerning, especially against a team like Sweden where, you know, most of their goals are going to come off of uh, set pieces. Like, you have a keeper who can at least, like, pretend they can command the box. So, like, are we fucked there, Gina? I mean, I don't I don't know. That was a – she did some weird things in that game, but she has proven in the past to be such a solid goalkeeper for us that, I mean – my greatest hope for this team and you know the fact that they're facing Sweden and Sweden is kind of one of our nemeses and you know is that all of the things that we're hoping for and that U.S. women's national team mentality that's been passed along the ages is just like a fucking fire is lit under that and everybody just shows the fuck up (laughs) um I hope so. I think we played Sweden in the last six World Cups and two Olympics or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so shout out here. Uh, the leading club scorers uh, as a club right now are Arsenal at the World Cup. Uh, and their leading scorer is actually center back for uh, Sweden, Amanda Elstad. Um, Not even Stina is a punk rocker uh, up front. But, I mean, they're not even playing that well. They're third ranked in the world. But... Um, Riley is a resident American Swede. Ooh, what are you thinking we're in for? Is this going to be like some USA rekindles the magic dominance? Is Sweden just going to bang in a bunch of set pieces? Is it just going to be like a grimy, terrible game? What's going to happen? Will it be too early in the morning for any of us to notice? <laughs> it's going to be too early in the morning for my crystal ball to work. I would expect set pieces to be giving us an amount of trouble. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the big concern, especially, you know, anytime you play one of those uh, Nordic countries, you're going to get beaten around in, uh, in set pieces. Um, Gina, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, just looking at um, the goals that Sweden scored so far in this World Cup, I mean... Corner, corner, corner. Corners, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. And they are... Our back line is not tall, so... No. Um, I can see that being a major problem and I, I don't know. I hope we have some answers for it. Um, yeah, I hope they're cooking up something different for this match. I mean, if we just roll out the same old, same old and just hope it's going to work this time. E, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it's going to turn out. <laughs> yeah, I think my progression, like, Vietnam was like, okay, 3-0, like, we didn't play great, let's get it out of our system. Like, Holland was like, oh, shit, we got blitzed, but we got that, like, fuck you corner goal that Riley mentioned. Like, 
okay, you know, Holland woke up the beast, it's time for us to go. And after the Portugal game, it's just like, we are so fucked. We are so fucked at this World Cup. Um, so hopefully they prove us wrong. But um, are there any, like, key changes you can think of that you would make? Like, not necessarily that Flacco's going to do, but um, anything you'd want to see? I, I, I mean, I want to see, like, I would love to see Juilliards at the six. I think there's, I think we're, there's not enough creativity between our back line and our midfielders. And she's just such a presence there, but I don't know how we do it now. Like, cause I said before, like we haven't played Alana Cook at all. Do you just throw her in? I mean, he seems pretty stuck, you know, into Sullivan and, um, that's the choice. <laughs> yeah, I think pretty much anything we're going to say here is going to end up as a that's a choice. Um, Riley, are you thinking we should start Trinity Rodman? Give us a little pace uh, on the outside or on um, any sort of big tactical shifts or are you just sort of vibes up seeing your way through this one? I mean, I am all for vibes up Steve. I think getting Trinity in early will let her make a bit more of an impact than bring her off the bench. Yeah. And, I mean, she's kind of got that, like, fuck you, grab the game by the, the scruff of the neck um, that we might need for this kind of game. Yeah. Got to get the grit. All right. Um, so I'm going to move us into the difficult part. And Gina's the guest of honor. Um, I'm going to let you go first. Give us a prediction, USA Sweden. Um. And just so you know, the rules here, like, you can give us, like, a 20-minute game summary of what's going to happen, or you can go, you know, 2-1 Sweden or whatever, um, however you want to approach it. Yeah. I – okay, let's see. I can't – I can't vote against us, even if I'm worried. I think – I think somehow we pull it out 2-1, and it's not pretty. I don't think it's going to get – I don't think it's going to get prettier yet, um. Yeah, that's. Okay. I'm gonna put that out there into the universe. <laughs> good vibes. Good vibes, FC. Um, I want to put good vibes onto the universe. I want to see two one. I want to see a Soap Smith goal. I I'd love I'd love a. Um, I don't know. I'd love I'd love Lynn Williams to get on the board. You know. I mean, she had about- a bunch of chances against Portugal, and she just like just a little off. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if she gets one, she could definitely go like Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley, dual allegiances here for USA and Sweden. Uh, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking three to two, one in extra time. Uh, who's winning? I can't bet against the U.S. Okay. You guys are both <laughs> thinking uh, what my dad used to call the New England Patriots rule, which is I'm not going to bet against them until they lose. Uh, especially I despite the New England Patriots. <laughs> I believe it got uh, reformed at the Nick Saban rule at some point, but yeah, same idea. Um, I think the major theme of this World Cup has been the progression of European and other teams to get to a level where either tactically as a team or talent-wise or a combination of the two, it has been kind of newer up-and-coming teams usurping traditional powers. I mean, Sweden is a traditional power, too. Um, but I kind of see that carrying through here. And I'm going to go Sweden 3-1. to one. 
because um, I think we are going to move uh, Julie up into the sixth, and I think we're going to get burned in the back line due to the, like, you know, you mentioned, we didn't, you know, give anybody any extra minutes to kind of get their feet wet, and I think it's going to it's going to turn out to be tough in the beginning of the game, and I think we're going to get burned for it and end up having to chase the game and give a bad goal late. Uh, hope I'm wrong. Uh, as always, um, long-time <laughs> listeners know there is nothing I hate more on this podcast than being correct, but um, I think that's my analysis for here and um, where we're where we're at right now. Um, before we get to the, the fun stuff, anything you guys want to add where we're at right now? Nothing? Okay. Um, so, kind of broad-based question. Gina is the guest of honor. Um, you can go first. Uh, biggest moment of suffering so far, and you can do this USA, you can do it on-field, you can do it off-field, you can do it, um, you know, any sort of you know, World Cup at large. Uh, you give me five answers, you can go on a trademark rant, however you want to answer the question. <laughs> okay, um, oh, let's see, I'll do an on-field, off-field. Biggest moment of suffering on the field, uh, Rose picking up that second yellow. Like, she's just come back to play 90 minutes. I mean, it's just, it's fucking absolutely gutting that she's not going to play this next match. And it's going to take, it's going to take a lot to do it without her because we've, we've not been looking good, but she at least was kind of, you know, changing it up, bringing in something that was, that was, I don't know, bubble gum and taping it together. Um, like we have been, uh, off the field, Biggest moment of suffering is, I mean, for me, it's listening to Carly Lloyd. I just, I just can't with that. <laughs> I wish, I wish we would find some other former U.S. national team player. I know Hayo's in there a little bit, uh, but I wish you were on the desk more. <laughs> well, I mean, we got Allie Wagner on the broadcasts at least. I mean, yeah, I love Allie on the broadcast. Like she's, she's great. Shout out Santa Clara Broncos. Um, but yeah. Just the Carly the Carly Lawless combination is just it's so grating. <laughs> uh, there was a point after the Portugal game where it was like the forty fifth minute and they were doing their post game and like you could see Rob Stone was just like why the fuck am I here? Um, yeah. Just like in studio host, I need to go back and watch it get a screen grab. But it was just like this guy looks like he's been on a plane for like five straight days. And now he's just these people talk. Um. <laughs> It's been pretty great, although I did find out, too, uh, right after that, that even if you mute them, um, whoever dresses Carly Lloyd or isn't responsible for her wardrobe dresses her like a fucking dickhead. So it's not a whole lot better. Like, I mean, you don't still have to hear her say, like, completely dumb shit, but you're like, oh, well, like, come on. Come on. It's still that. Um, Riley, what's your uh, biggest moment of suffering been so far? Uh, the fact that I keep trying to watch the games at the gym. And somehow, all of the really good plays happen while I am looking at whatever I'm doing instead of the TV screen. I watched the whole Canada-Ireland game and saw nothing. No goals. No goals. <laughs> no celebrations. No. <laughs> they kept all of the glory for when I was actively lifting. Here's a set of deadlifts. Have the score change. What's going on? What happened? It's early in the morning. I just want to see goals. They do it to me every Wednesday. That's rude of them. It's very rude. <laughs> we'll see if we can get that fixed. I'll, uh, I'll call. 
I was going to say Alexi Lawless, but even joking, I don't want to talk to Alexi Lawless. But, <laughs> um, I could talk to Taylor Twelman, but uh, that's also not going to happen. He's busy covering the uh, messy network right now. Um, I think for me, it's actually like rewind a little bit in the Portugal game. We talked about um, the shot hitting the post. Um, when, and I don't remember her name, I should have looked this up, the um, nice young woman who struck that shot was like warming up on the sideline and was about to come in. They like zoomed in on her face and I was like, holy shit, this girl is going to score. Like she's fucking locked in. Like you can see it on players every now and then where you're like, like whatever's going to happen, they're just going to like fuck the world up for the next 10 minutes. And then when like she released it and I saw Nair dive and I was like, oh, it's past her. Oh shit, we're so fucked. We're so fucked. We're so fucked. <laughs> then it's the post and it was just like time stood still. And like, I know they're in, you know, Australia, New Zealand, but I could hear it. <laughs> I could hear that ball at the post. Uh, and I mean, at, uh, at 3.45, 4 a.m., whatever it was, it was it was intense. Um, but yeah, it was one of those, uh, I could see this coming, and I'm really, Philip, are we bothering you? <laughs> um, he's rolling around, patting his nose, which I guess is probably what I did after that ball hit the post, but um, thanks, buddy. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, hopefully we've got some good games, some good goals. Um, anything else either you want to add before we get out of here? I'm good. You're good. Gina? Yeah, I mean, LFG, let's fucking go. Yeah, get the fuck in. Uh, we'll do a couple of those. Uh, <laughs> we're going to try to do, I don't know if we're going to do like a direct after the game. It'll sort of depend. USA game thing, but we're going to try to get something out. And uh, we're going to try to do some more World Cup stuff as it goes through. Um, so, yeah. Uh, as always, everyone, um, on behalf of Dina and Riley here, uh, thanks for suffering with us. Bye. Wallace here for Austin Jarrett Stroud. It's Diego for goodness! He has written his name into Austin folklore. They just won't go away. Oh, he hits the upright again! It's impossible. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. Altino squares it. Dempsey's missed it. Donovan has it. From hope, there is glory.